most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. Backs, relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. And welcome to the Fantasy Flex Props Podcast. I am your host, Chris Raybon. Joined as always by my dude, Sean Kerner. The show is presented by Prize Picks. Sean, how you doing? What's up? I'm pretty good. Um, I feel like I'm finally over this three week sickness I had. So we need to go uh, catch a Laker game soon. What do you think? Hey, I'm down, man. We gotta <laughs> catch a Laker game. What about uh, what about hockey? Anyone think no. care about hockey over here? No, no one. No, no, no Laker game uh, or Clipper game. But you know, it's across the street from Staples Center, right? Huh? what's across the street? Kanye Rumbar. <laughs> yeah, for those that uh, those that don't know, I think like the first time. Yeah, I think the first time Sean and I ever met in real life, uh, he took me there on like a sun Sunday afternoon, right? And it was pretty lit. So. Yeah. yeah. Got to hit it back. I mean, the Lakers, if they're still a team by the time we get to go to a game, I mean, it's, it's crazy in Lakers it, right now. I haven't been paying, I haven't been paying attention oh, to Russell Westbrook, so. LeBron, LeBron sat at, LeBron was out a game and then West, uh, they blew it. They blew a lead to the thunder and lost by eight. And then Westbrook uh, got ejected because some uh, Baisley dunked with a second and a half to go in the game. And they were already, they had already won and uh, it's just a mess, but uh, this is a football <laughs> podcast, so we digress. Uh, let's start with breaking down the Sunday night football slate, and then we'll get into our uh, favorite props uh, for the weekend on prize picks. Uh, we got the Vikings. We got the Cowboys. Good game. Both teams coming out of a bye. The one thing about the Vikings is their underlying advanced metrics are a lot better than their win-loss record. They're three and – what are they, three and three? Three and three now? Yeah. Yeah, because they have the bye – yeah, yeah, so, so three and three. Yeah, they're three and three, but their metrics make them, you know, a, an above-average team by almost any uh, thing you look at. So this should be a good game, uh, Sean. Who are you thinking in the captain spot? There's a lot of options on this slate, obviously, but I think Justin Jefferson is the way to go. I, I always love having receivers in my captain slot, um, but with the Vikings, they have such a narrow target tree. Um, he, he's just a lock for a big game. And Adam Phelan's been great um, the past one or two games. But, you know, Justin Jefferson. What? One or two games? The past, well, like, all one season. or two seasons. Well, I mean. <laughs> he's he had, like, 20 touchdowns since last yeah, He has last a year. touchdown, like, every game. But <laughs> the, the whole point is, I mean, he put it all together for an 11-catch, 126-yard game. So we haven't really seen that from him other than the touchdowns. Either way, I digress. Justin Jefferson scoreless in the past two. So I think he's due for a touchdown. Um, so I think just when it comes to the captain slot, I, I'm going to go Justin Jefferson here. The key question is Adam Thielen, the white Mike Evans. <laughs> yeah, well, he is because, <laughs> I mean, he's touchdown dependent, but he's always going to be scoring touchdowns. So that's why it's it's hard to ever fade him. Um, so, yeah, I, I would agree with that. <laughs> I mean, no, because usually and, and I'm half black and half white, so I'm just joking. Don't cancel me, please. But, what I, you know, it's funny because like a lot of times when people compare white receivers, it's always to another white receiver. <laughs> so I'm just trying to give I'm just trying to be inclusive here and give love where love is due. And Adam well, Thielen, to be fair, I mean, it's, it's, it's not like feeling ever has those three catch for three yards and three touchdown games. 
you know, usually he gets like, you know, 30 yards. So it's, yeah, uh, he isn't quite the touchdown to pet, like where he just in, scores an insane amount, but he's certainly uh, in that ballpark. Yeah. I mean, I, I, ha- I don't have the numbers on the, off the top, but I'm sure Thielen and Evans are among the league leaders in like fewest yards per touchdown. Like they just oh, get so sure. many touchdowns. Uh, yeah. But yeah, John I, Ross is probably the all-time great. In that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, John Ross. He's on the Giants in that mess. But, uh, uh, yeah, I like the Jefferson call a lot. Uh, he's the guy on Minnesota that I would look to uh, because Dallas is now playing the sixth most man coverage. Dan Quinn's come a long way. Um, you know, he used to just play that kind of zone defense and running backs used to get like hundreds of catches every year on his defenses. But now Dallas is very multiple. They're playing the sixth most man coverage. Justin Jefferson has 22 targets, 18 catches, 282 yards, two touchdowns against man coverage. The next highest on the team is Thielen, and he's got just 14 targets and 10 catches for 139 yards with two scores. So Jefferson has double the yardage against man coverage. He's been Cousins' go-to guy uh, in this spot. I'm sure, you know, Trevon Diggs will be on him some, so it'll be a good battle uh, back and forth, but like Jefferson. And then for the Cowboys, I still think it's Zeke. Um, just because you look at Minnesota, they're number three in pass defense DVOA, according to football outsiders, but they're number 24 against the run. So they set up as a run funnel. Uh, you know, Zeke is still that lead back in Dallas, even though they're mixing Pollard in uh, more, but Minnesota is kind of, they're one of those kind of new age defenses that says, Hey, you know, we, we know our offense is pretty good. So we're going to focus on stopping the pass. If you want to run on us, run on us. And, uh, and they, so they invite the run. So yeah, Zeke and Jefferson, for me, uh, what about for DFS cheat codes? Well, it remains to be seen if Michael Gallup's going to suit up. So um, if he suits up, we'll have to see, you know, how healthy he is. But he might be a potential cheat code. Um, certainly that would that would make a guy like Cedric Wilson almost unplayable. Um, so a lot, lot to unpack on the Cowboys side. I think for the Vikings side, our boy K.J. Osborne. Um, it's hard to tell, like, do you think he's going to be his roster ship is going to be pretty high here or is he still kind of overlooked? I think it's it's going to be kind of split because you're going to have other options like Conklin and like you're going to have a lot of those ancillary receivers uh, options in this game because Dak has been so good with the Cowboys and and uh, and the Vikings yeah. is kind of those two guys. So I don't think it will be crazy. Then, but uh, yeah, th- then I'm going KJ Osborne. Then um, he, he and Tyler Conklin seem to rotate, you know, who's um, Kirk Cousins, number three target. So I think, you know, picking your spots for either one of those two. Um, I think it's probably the way to go here. So I'm, I'm going with KJ Osborne as my cheat code. Yeah, I like Osborne. I think Conklin and Osborne both have a case in this one because mm-hmm. Osborne has been their guy against man coverage. Dallas does play a lot of man, but Dallas is one of those teams, you know, they, they're they number 32 in DVOA against tight ends. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that teams are throwing all over them, but, um, you know, when they do throw to tight ends, teams have been effective. So I, I, I think Osborne might get an extra target or two. So I'd probably lean him, but I like Osborne as well. Uh, I mean, I like Conklin as well, just because of the matchup. And then uh, on the Dallas side, I still like Dalton Schultz, whether Gallup is back or not. Yeah. Minnesota is 26th in DVOA against tight ends. Schultz, the last three games has been running around and over 70% of the dropback. So he's really run away with that job. He's getting twice as many snaps. Uh, or routes as Dalton, as uh, Blake Jarwin. And that's really what you need at tight end is those routes. So like Schultz as well. Yeah. I'm never going to fade Schultz uh, for the time <laughs> being, but so you think if, if Michael Gallup returns and say runs, you know, 70% uh, 
of the routes, um, you, you don't think he'll impact Schultz at all? I mean, not enough, the, enough, not enough, not, not enough because you're yeah. still getting a, a full-time tight end and you're really just replacing the Cedric Wilson yeah. routes with yep. Gallup. And I know Gallup, he may get a couple more, you know, a, a smaller, per, higher percent. Wait, let me say that again. Gallup might get a little bit more of a target share per route than a guy like Wilson, but Schultz has still been, you know, he's been a key part of the offense because the more receivers you have, the more you have to pay attention to all those Dallas receivers. Yeah. You you kind of have to it, it pick your poison, and it tends to be Schultz because he also got yeah. Pollard. So yeah, it's, Dallas is just tough, man. Like they're just yeah, no kidding. <laughs> they're six. They're also undefeated <laughs> against the spread. Remember, and they started zero and eight against the uh, spread last year. So they could go from zero and eight to eight and zero if they get the next two. Nice. So uh, I think I'll be on uh, many here on the spread though. Oh yeah, I love Minnesota in this spot. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, Dallas. They haven't. You just jinxed them. No, that's what I'm saying. I love it. Yeah, you just jinxed them. Uh, Okay, let's get into our uh, props for this week. Sean, where are you going with your quarterback prop? Uh, I'm going with the trusty Jalen Hurts over his rushing prop. Uh, This week it's 42 and a half yards, surprisingly, uh, against the Lions. I'm projecting this closer to to 49 and a half. And I think he's gone over this all but two games this year. Um, and, and the three starts he had last year where he played the entire game, he went over as well. So he's just a machine when it comes to these, these rushing props in the low forties. Um, it almost doesn't really matter on, you know, the matchup, they could be trailing and he's still running. They could be leading. He's still running. So I just love the high floor that he offers for the, the rushing prop. Uh, so I'm, I'm taking his over 42 and a half yards here. Yeah. I have this around 50. So yeah, it's uh, interesting that they posted it so low to start the week. Uh, I'm sure that one will uh, go up in short order. Uh, for my first, for my quarterback prop, I'm going with Sam Darnold under 242 and a half passing yards. Uh, I have this closer to 230. And part of that is because Matt Rule has come out and said, we want to be more run heavy. Uh, part of that is because Darnold has been ridiculously ineffective these last three games. And part of it is because there's a benching risk with Darnold now. <laughs> So you have kind of like the perfect storm aside from the matchup with the Falcons, which is never a perfect storm, but that's why we're getting it as high as 242 and a half. Uh, Most defenses would be lower, but um, these last three games, 177, 207, and 112 for Sam Darnold. He played only 70% of the snaps last week and got benched. So there's a lot of outs for Darnold to go under this. And even if the Panthers rebound a little bit, um, he could go under in a winning game script. So, yeah, just a lot of outs here under 242 and a half for Darnold. Yeah, I love it. I'm, you know, I'm projecting him to play 100% of the snaps. Um, and I have this at, you know, 235. But what's what's the percent chance he gets benched? It's it's greater than 5%, right? I, yeah, I have it around 10-ish, 10-ish percent. Yeah, like it, once you factor that in, now this is over 60% chance of hitting. So um, that's the thing when it comes to betting unders. Uh, especially, you know, like a, a problem like this, you have so many outs, including him getting benched, and that's that's going to be a, a no-brainer win. So lo- love the prop. I usually have quarterbacks projected for 100% outside of, like, yeah. you know, Jameis. But last week, I actually did have P.J. Walker projected. Oh, like oh I saw, you did? Oh, yeah, nice. like I, I just – I mean, anytime a quarterback has, like – a quarterback like that has, like, two, three bad games in a row, you always have to yeah. be on alert. Um, so that's one of my favorite things as the season progresses. Cause you always talk mm-hmm. about how quarterback props, you know, there's usually not a ton of value on betting them, um, because yardage is kind of more predictable for the most part. But a lot of times I've had success is just targeting those quarterbacks that 
can potentially get benched with unders because you're not only getting, you know, unders usually hit more than overs as it is, but when you're getting that extra chance of a benching, um, it usually puts it over the top and gives you a little bit of an edge. Yeah, exactly. I mean, passing yards, there's just a wide range of outcomes. So even if we see something like 10 yards of value, it doesn't mean it's, you know, an over, over 60% chance of hitting. Uh, but when those range of outcomes include a benching, um, again, that's, that's why a prop like this, there's so much value on the under, um, is cause it kind of taps in that wide range of outcomes, the extreme being he's not even playing. Right. <laughs> so it's, yeah. it's really easy to go under when the guy's not playing. So that's why, uh, yeah, a prop like this offers a ton of hidden value. Yeah. And the, that's a good point. Like the, like 10 yards means doesn't mean much because the average completion in the NFL is about 11, 11 yeah. yards, just over <laughs> 11. So, you know, one completion, you know, could send it crazy, but uh, yep. yeah. All right. Let's go to running back. Who you got? Uh, I'm going with another over here. Uh, you're going with unders. I'm going with overs. Uh, I'm going Elijah Mitchell over 66 and a half rushing yards. I, I still don't think this is too high uh, because, you know, ever since he returned, um, he's the lead back. Trey Sermon has only carried the ball once over the past two games. Um, and obviously, you know, Mitchell went off against the number one uh, rush team against the run and DVOA and the Colts last week. Um, that was without Trent Williams. Trent Williams could return this week. So that, that'll be huge for uh, Mitchell and the 49ers run blocking scheme. So um, I'm projecting him closer to, you know, like 73 and a half here. And I, I just think he has a very high floor considering they're giving him the majority of the work. Uh, Jamichael Hasty returned last week and had three carries and three receptions. So if anything, Hasty can eat into his uh, Mitchell's receiving work. And that, that will only help him in this market if he becomes just sort of the lead um, you know, early down back. Uh, I, this is another one of those props, right? Just think he has a too high of a floor. Um, so, you know, even though overs, it's always t- tough to take an over when a player has a high floor like this, I, I definitely prefer to, to go over here. Yeah. I have Mitchell for 17 carries, 70 yards, yeah. uh, hasty, like three carries. Cause hasty has been the third down back. Really. That's what it is. Like how many carries for uh sermon? 0.3. Okay. All right. Just yeah, he's, he's not getting in this game. Like, <laughs> like, Kyle Shanahan, like he, he he's getting the injury whatever percent chance that yeah. two would both of those guys get injured. That's that's the character. Wow. I, but I, I mean, I had that last week too. I like got the minute they said Hasty was activated, I was like, this is the guy that they deactivated Sermon for. He's getting zero carries. Like I'm projecting him for like a half a carry. Yeah. Like, and uh, but no, I, I agree with the Mitchell Rob. I think that's. Um, you know, it's one of those. He's a, he's kind of a guy that everyone looks at him lumped in with all those other Niner backs. But he's he's been the lead back every time he's been active. Like whether like at first it was like maybe people got hurt, people didn't think he was a true lead back. But mm-hmm. every time he's been active, it's been you know like two thirds of the uh, snaps or more, uh, two thirds of the backfield touches or more. So um, yeah, he's Shanahan's do you, guy. Do you think uh, when Jeff Wilson returns, he's gonna? Uh, you know, split work with him, become the lead back. Like, how do you think he's going to factor in, if at all? Yeah, I mean, he's always like the fourth back. So, like, mm-hmm. I'm just trying to go off Shanahan here, and it's which is extremely difficult. But Wilson had always <laughs> been like the fourth back to start every season. So I don't think he's going to come off an injury and suddenly usurp Mitchell. Like, I think he may he may be the reason Sermon is uh, scratch on game days again. That's that's yeah. really what it might be. Like I, just, be, I, I know yeah. how much you love talking about 49ers oh, running back. Oh, so I'm just trying hey. to draw it all out of you right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the fate of 49er backs is still going pretty well. I mean, I know Mitchell's had a couple of good weeks, but it's like, even those weeks, people weren't always starting him. 
um, those weeks. So it's like, it's been a mess in that backfield, but I think Mitchell's yeah. Shanahan's guy. And yep. I think there was some disconnect between like, I don't, I, I just don't think he likes, he's done this a lot with draft picks. Ayuk, Pettis, Sermon, like these high draft picks. He just, I don't know if it's the front office and, and Lynch, yeah. you know, making too much of the decision or what, but it's been ugly. But anyway, uh, let's go to running backs and I'm going Chuba Hubbard. Uh, under 68 and a half rushing yards. I think we talked about this one earlier in the week. Um, you know, I do think Carolina does rebound. I obviously think they want to run the ball and take it out of Darnold's hands, hence the Darnold <laughs> under. But you look at Hubbard, and even with being the lead back for the past four weeks, he's been under this number uh, in three of those four. And uh, every, you know, he's had double-digit carries five times. He's been under this number in four. Um, he's only had this 24 for 101 against Philly. Besides that, it was, you know, eight, 16 for 61 against Minnesota, 12 for 28 last week when they wanted to run. So the O-line is really making it tough. He's had, uh, you know, four or more catches in two of the last three. They're, they're going to have to start to use him more like a McCaffrey where they're just using him in the, in the pass game to try to take the pressure off Darnold because they're not getting enough push in a run game to get this, this number. I mean, he may need like, you know, 20 plus carries and he, he's only got that, uh, you know, he's only got over 16 and once in four starts. So like Chuba under 68 and a half, I have this closer to, uh, to 62. Yeah. And the, the game script probably doesn't dictate him getting uh, 20 plus touches, right? Are they, are they now a field goal underdog? Yeah. And I, yeah. To be fair, I like, I like Carolina. I think it's a good buy low spot on Carolina. Uh-huh. I mean, division game, but there's just like all these lines are just being set so high because I guess yeah. you know, no one has any respect for Atlanta's defense, but it just doesn't factor in like, yeah, any game script going wrong, a benching for Darnold, you know, with Hubbard, they've still been mixing Royce Freeman in. Um, so yeah, going under with him. Uh, who you got for your second running back prop? Uh, so last week I was pretty bold and I took the under 41 and a half receiving yards for Cordell Patterson. I'm going the other way this week. I'm going over 34 and a half receiving yards. I'm buying the dip on CPAT uh, when it comes to his receiving usage. Cause you know, last week he, he flopped, he had uh, two catches for one yard, uh, but that was despite running his season high and routes run last week at 67%. If you can get anywhere near that this week, he is sailing over this number. Um, he's gone over this number, I think, four times uh, out of their six games to start the season. So um, his role is only going to grow. Um, he might not see the same target rate he's seen on his routes run this year. I think it's somewhere around like 33%. Obviously, that's unsustainable. But if he can if he can pass you know, 25% uh, of his routes run where he sees a target, um, he will clear this number more times than not if he's getting – you know, over 50% of the routes run. So love the over here. I've been projecting this closer to 41 and a half, ironically, which is what the number was uh, last week. Yeah. And, and his looks like his rushing projection has come down. You know, we talked about that one. I think it was 53 and a half earlier in the week. Um, and now it's down yeah. to 44 and a half. And, and I guess the, the receiver, they're essentially one way or another, <laughs> they're saying he's going to get like 85 yards. Um, but no, I, yeah, yeah, I have it just over. I have it around uh, 37 um, you know, I have him under 10 yards of catch still. Uh, he's kind of split in time between the backfield and, and the slot. But, uh, yeah, I think – I mean, one way or another, he's a high-end running back too, and he's got a chance to to kind of get like 40, 40-ish rushing and receiving yards yep. each week. All right. Uh, for my second running back prop, I'm going Leonard Fournette under 55-and-a-half rushing uh, against the Saints. And this, this is just a target of the Saints defense or a fade of a back against the Saints defense. Um, this is a game where th- the Bucks probably come out throwing. I mean, the Saints have just been lights out 
against the run. They've given up 333 yards on 120 carries to running backs this year. So now they're even better than the Bucs. They're giving up just 2.78 yards per carry to backs. Last week, Alex Collins had 16 carries, which is a, a feasible number for Fournette. Got just 35 yards. Um, you know, they've only given up this number twice in six games, uh, more than this number twice in six games. One of them was to Christian McCaffrey. Uh, and the other one was to Antonio Gibson, who got 20 carries. I just guess this is not how the Bucks play. Like they, they're very game plan specific. They're getting Gronk. They should be getting Gronk back uh, for this one. So I had this at 48 uh, for Fournette. And he also, his carry share dipped a little bit. I know it was a blowout, but we can't always expect him to get like 90% of the, uh, of the carry. So I have him getting about 70% and I'm, I'm well under this number. Yeah. And I think, you know, the past few games um, he's benefited from some serious blowout game scripts. Um, You know, Tom Brady's dumb issue might've been a bigger issue than we realized. Um, So yeah, this is a good time to sort of sell high on Fournette, but I mean, man, has he been a beast this year? And um, I remember like during the summer when I was doing basketballs and his ADP was like slightly below Ronald Jones. Yeah. I could not get enough of Leonard Fournette, but uh, yeah. So I think, you know, starting next week, he'll bounce back to this RB one stats, but I, I am projecting him as a low end RB one this week, because like, like you said, like anytime a running back faces the saints, you kind of have to fade them when it comes to their rushing production. So yeah. And, and this game should be pretty close, right? The, the bucks yeah. are only minus four. So yeah, Tom Brady's going to be slinging it around. This probably isn't going to be a Leonard Fournette game. So yeah. Uh, sell high just for this week only. In our action network NFL podcast, Stucky has, Saints Bucks as his favorite total under, oh. and uh, I have the Saints as my money line underdog pick. So nice. yeah, we're, we're kind of we're kind of betting on a little bit of a, a comeback down to earth for for Tom Brady and the Bucks. You know, it's never it's never a crazy good bet, but uh, I just think this game, you know, with this, the way the Saints play defense, can be it's just not going to be quite as fruitful an offense for. Wait, are, for the Bucks. does this mean you're coming around and James having a sneaky good game this week? No, I think it's actually, well, no. <laughs> I think, I think it's the opposite. I think, I think he can do enough. I think he can yeah. do enough, but like, I think the saints win this game by taking the air out of the ball and making it just mm. kind of mucking up the game, reducing the possessions, which is another reason why I'm going under on Fournette. And, and there's another under that I got on the bucks that I'll talk about in a moment, but uh, that's a tease. Let's get into your uh, first wide receiver prop. Uh, so my first prop is Jalen Waddle under 64 and a half receiving yards against the bills. Uh, now I love Jalen Waddle. I think he's one of the best rookie wide receivers in the game, but this, this numbers is too high, especially considering the matchup, you know, the bills have been really good against opposing receivers this year. Um, Devonte Parker it, might return. Um, so that's going to eat into Jalen Waddle's target share and, you know, Preston Williams returned last week. Um, his role could grow this week. So Jalen Waddle has seen some massive, um, target games the past past few weeks because they've been decimated at receiver. But I think with improved help on the depth chart and the brutal matchup, like th- this number seems like 10 yards or so too high. So uh, I'm going under here. Yeah, Watto is a guy who, I mean, even if he catches a bunch of balls, they're usually underneath. So what has he been under this in like five out of seven? Uh, oh, really? This year? Yeah, wow. I think it's five out of seven. Was... Yes. So he's, uh, you know, he's a guy that's, he, he'll catch a lot of balls, but yeah. I'm not always going to be downfield. Uh, for my first receiver prop, I am going with Chris Godwin under a half a receiving touchdown. So essentially Chris Godwin not to score a receiving touchdown. I think this is a great bet when you're talking about essentially 50-50. So Godwin's been 
held without a touchdown in four out of the seven games this year, and he, including the postseason last year, he was held without a touchdown uh, in nine of the 15 games. So altogether, that's 13 of 22 that he's been held without a touchdown. I know Lattimore, you know, plays Evans well, but Evans, as you mentioned, he can still get those like two catches for two touchdowns. And he's actually done that uh, in this kind of matchup before. So uh, I think, you know, looking at this game, uh, the sharps are on the under. It's just one of those games where Godwin betting him 50-50 to score a touchdown. I think you're going to win that more often than not going under. This is not like a Miami Dolphins defense or, you know, one of those defenses you could just go nuts on. So uh, Godwin under a half a touchdown. Uh, for the Bucks, yeah, this is a good catch. Um, I'm I'm projecting him for 0. 0.46 receiving oh, touchdowns, wow. and it, yeah. it might sound like, oh, that's near 0. 0.5. But when it comes to just the, the distribution of touchdowns, things like that, it's actually a projection of 0. 0.67 would equal like a 50-50 coin flip. Yeah, because you can um, have the multi-touchdown games. Yeah, that, because that, like, yeah, so if thing. a guy yeah. if a guy averages a half a touchdown a, a game for a season, um, I mean, think about it. His floor is zero. Uh, but the ceiling could be, you know, five touchdowns. So the distribution of uh, touchdowns is significantly skewed towards the positive. So, yeah, it's a projection has to be over 0.65 for it to be even over 50% chance. So long story short, uh, I'm projecting this to go under 61% of the time. So I love how you just did that. Catch. I'm pretty sure you did that on the fly because you know, didn't look at the outline. <laughs> anything, anything, anything near like 0.5 is probably yeah. 60% chance. So since it's a little bit lower, I added a percent, but uh, that's, that's a tip for just when it comes to like receiving projections and yeah, these props, like it, it seems like, Oh, it'd be easy for him to get a touchdown, but you'd be surprised. Like um, anytime you get a half, unless it's like a real stud, Chris Godwin's a stud, but still it's, it's a situation where uh, definitely some value on the under. Yeah, and I have Evans like right around 0.7. So he'd be like barely over. Um, so that just kind of shows you the yeah. difference in the two. Uh, all right, where are you going for your second receiving prop? Um, so I'm going with uh, Brandon Cooks over 60 and a half receiving hours. I was actually surprised to see it this low because I'm projecting him like 74 and a half. I mean, he's just a lock to see targets. Um, you know, it almost doesn't matter if he's blanketed by Jalen Ramsey all game, which probably isn't going to be the case. You know, he's going to get his target share. Um, so I love the over here. And, you know, plus there's a chance Tyrod Taylor could return. Um, and th- then I'll be projecting Cooks like probably over 80. Um, so I think it's it's a good idea to get on this before a potential um, scenario where Ty- Tyrod's announced. And right now I have Davis Mills still playing quarterback and I still have Cooks going over this number. So I, I like locking this in early at uh, over 60 and a half. Yeah, we like Cooks this week, huh? I think we have him uh, yeah. in like a couple of our DFS lineups uh, on the main slate podcast, which is on the Fantasy Flex feed out uh, right now. Uh, yeah, I, I think Cooks has a good week. You know, the targets have been there uh, week in and week out. Uh, all right, for my second and final receiving prop, going with Devontae Smith under 63 and a half receiving yards. Uh, I have this in the high 50s, like 57, about 57, 58, 57 and a half. Uh, he's been under this number in four out of the seven games. And a lot of times you would think, hey, you know, they're going against Detroit. It's a weak defense. And it is, obviously. But everyone's been calling for Philly to run the ball. Jalen Hurts has been starting games awfully uh, these last few weeks. So in a game like this, you, you could have a positive game script, which Philly hasn't had much of this year, which means you might not pass as much. So he's are, having him already been under in four out of seven, even though Philly spent so much time uh, trailing these few weeks. And then you look at Detroit and they're 
allowing the second fewest schedule adjusted targets to number one receivers, just 6.1. Um, and some of that, you know, is obviously, you know, they're just giving up some, some big plays, but they're also just limiting opponents volume because opponents can just run uh, on them, you know, and they're not sticking as, as close in most of these games. So like Devonte Smith, uh, under, I just don't know where the Eagles game plan is going to be at as far as throwing the ball in a, in a matchup that they should be able to win if they can, if they play it conservatively. Yeah. I like this call. I haven't projected at 57 mm-hmm. uh, for my uh, mean. So, you know, I, I project his median closer to 53 and a half. Obviously he's the type of receiver where if he goes over this number, he'll probably crush it. Um, but yeah, he's, he's certainly a player that I, I've noticed probably has a lower median than people realize, you know, a guy like Jalen Rager, or Quez Watkins can catch a long touchdown pass and that'll screw over uh, Smith in this market. And and like you said, the Eagles really haven't had that many positive game scripts. So they could certainly uh, be a run heavy offense this week, even if Miles Sanders doesn't suit up. So yeah, love the under here as well. All right. That is going to do it to recap. We got Sean going with Jalen Hurts over 42 and a half rushing yards. Elijah Mitchell over 66 and a half rushing yards. Cordero Patterson over 34 and a half receiving uh, Jalen Waddle under 64 and a half receiving and Brandon Cooks over 60 and a half receiving. I'm going Darnold under 242 and a half passing for net under 55 and a half rushing Chuba under 68 and a half rushing Devonte Smith under 63 and a half receiving and Chris Godwin under a half a receiving touchdown. Next up here on the Fantasy Flex is a segment we call Elite Entries, where Sean and I dive into the Prize Picks app and compare our player projections to the props to build some entries. Sean, what's your first Prize Picks Elite Entry best bet for week number eight? So I'm going with Jalen Hurts, over 42 and a half rushing yards. Um, they face the Lions this week, which is a great matchup. But, you know, Hertz always has a very high floor when it comes to his his rushing prop. Um, he's gotten over this in five of seven games this year. Um, and I'm projecting closer to 50. So I think this is one of those times where the, the number is too low. Um, and I would take this probably up to about 46 and a half. Uh, for my first one, I'm going with Chris Godwin under a half a receiving touchdown. He's been under this in 13 of 22, dating back to last season, including the postseason. He's been under it in four out of seven this year. And we have Gronk back uh, expected for the Bucks, Sean, who's your second prize fix and entry best bet for week eight? Uh, so my second best bet is Cordell Patterson to go over 34 and a half receiving yards. Now, last week I took the under 41 and a half receiving yards. Um, he only caught two passes for one yard, but he did set a season high in routes run last week at 67%. So I think if we could see that sort of usage going forward, I mean, he's going to crush this prop. Um, so I'm projecting this closer to 41 and a half, 42. Um, and I think he clears this number this week. For my second prize picks and weed entry, best bet for week eight, I'm going Leonard Fournette under 55 and a half rushing yards. The Saints are allowing 2.8 yards per carry to opposing backs, and they're allowing 55 and a half rushing yards to opposing backs total. So unless Fournette gets 100% of the carries, which he hasn't, he's come, you know, into the 80s in the highest but never 100%. Uh, he's a good bet to go under this in a pass-heavy uh, game script for Tampa. So like the under for Fournette, 55 and a half. That's going to do it for our prize picks, elite entry uh, for week eight. As a recap, Sean going Jalen Hurts over 42 and a half. Rushing yards and Cordero. Let me see. Three, two, one. As a recap, Sean going Jalen Hurts over 42 and a half rushing yards against the Lions and Cordero Patterson over 34 and a half receiving yards against 
the Panthers. I'm going Chris Godwin under a half a receiving touchdown against the Saints and Leonard Fournette under 55 and a half rushing yards against the Saints. As a reminder, prize picks markets do move, so you want to get on it quickly in order to lock in the best numbers. If you have not created a prize picks account yet, check out the link in our episode description. They will match your first deposit up to $100, or you can visit prizepicks.com and use the promo code ACTION10. That's A C T I O N 10. You can find Sean on Twitter at the underscore oddsmaker. You can find me at Chris Raybon. You can find us at those same handles in the award-winning Action Network app where you can follow all of our bets or track yours for free. Until next time, just get this money.